Hi, I'm Julie. And I'm Lisa. And together we are Two Sober Chicks. You can find us where you listen to podcasts except Spotify, which we're working on. Um, but you can also email us at two sober chicks at gmail.com. We no longer have Facebook, right. but we do have Instagram and Twitter. I'm a big Twitter fan. You, so got, you can find yeah. us on both, which is also under two sober chicks. Amazing. So Julie's taking care of that social platform. I decided I needed a break from social media and I got completely away from it other than one account that I have, which is explicitly for work. Um, so I kind of have to do that. But uh, yeah, Facebook, I deleted this year. Makes me feel unsafe. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Here we go again. Triggered. Are you triggered? Ball sack. Trigger warning. <laughs> Facebook triggers me. I just don't, I don't like it. And it goes in with that whole, like our friend Sharon is always talking about FOMO, the fear of missing out. Mm. And um, I think you have that because you participate in things like that. You feed it. Where you see the highlight reel of everyone's right. lives. Yeah. I would yeah. probably have FOMO too if I just looked at Sharon's feed because she travels all the time mm-hmm. and there's all these photos of like all these amazing things she's doing. Mm-hmm. And and, and it was funny, I forget, it's all over television. Like, you do see it a lot on, on television shows where they talk about FOMO. And mm-hmm. they show, you know, people take 50 selfies before they post the one. Yeah, and so, we're talking about fear of missing out, by the way, for right. anyone who doesn't know what FOMO is. Yeah, You're, those, those people, they're not perfect all the time. We're not, you know. I take, like, at least 10 pictures when I'm taking a selfie. <laughs> Now, I'm not like my cousin who will go in and whiten the whites of her eyes and her teeth and shave off her chicken skin under her arm or whatever she calls it. And like, just I can't. It's a lot. Yeah. It used to just be they'd have a team of Photoshop editors on magazines who'd do that kind of stuff. But now you too can be that crazy and do it at home. So that sounds like fun. Not really at all. So I got rid of it. So, but Julie volunteered to take it over. So like she said, Instagram and Twitter, which is pretty cool. And I think that's all you need. Really just little snippets. I love the Instagram because I do love the little memes that you create. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're very good at it. So, and you're Mm -hmm. a poetess. So sometimes there's some cool things on there that we might not find elsewhere. So thank you for doing that. You're welcome. My pleasure. I appreciate it. Um, Yeah. So what were you talking about today? Oh, yes. Our last podcast, this came up, but in the interest of keeping things brief, we decided to talk about it on this one, and it is this. Is AA group therapy? <laughs> Sorry. Why? That's my answer. Why not? Okay. Why or why not? All right. Um, this is kind of, it can be a bone of contention for me, I think, because I have one of those sponsors who's considered like hardcore AA. Mm-hmm. And, um, he is. He will, uh, he will actually cut you off if you start to talk about, um, what was the thing? Emotional, sobriety, mental health needs, okay, depression. Um, if you talk about depression, he will stop you and say, "I'm sorry, this is a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. (laughs) Um, This is there are twelve step groups uh, for depression. If you want to talk about that with me privately after the meeting, we can do that." And, and I asked him about that. I said, like, I would say 80% of the people who I see in the rooms and talk to in the rooms, we've all suffered from depression. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, but Lisa, this Alcoholics Anonymous in these rooms, this is to help educate the newcomer who's coming in and wondering if they are or are not an alcoholic. We need to be sticking to the topic, which is alcoholism. That is our primary directive. Okay. So 
that's that's his belief. Um, I might be misquoting him a little bit, so ask Luke A if you want more information on that. But he's very strict about that. And I have seen it go off the rails where it becomes... Somebody has a platform now, they have a room Mm -hmm. full of people who maybe normally wouldn't listen to them, uh, and you're being held hostage. Absolutely. They Uh, hijack. For, you know, we're, we're, we try to be courteous. We try to be all the things that we weren't when we were drinking. We're polite. We're listening. We're courteous. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yet they're abusing that by taking over the room and talking about something that is completely unrelated now or food addiction. Now, maybe you're talking about food addiction because since you've stopped drinking, so there's the tie-in. Once I So st- as long as there's a tie-in, it's appropriate? I think maybe. For me, like, just don't talk about outside issues that have no connection to your alcoholism whatsoever. Yeah, no con- connection to the solution. And, and again, um, uh, I always tell this to my sponsees. I am not a therapist. Like, sometimes sponsees come to you That's for... That's so important for help or for suggestions. Um, I remember like marriage questions. I'm not a marriage counselor. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what the big book says about relationships. Yes. And it's always brought back to what's your part in it. And that can be frustrating, especially if you're in a relationship that, you know, isn't going well for your sponsor to be like, well, what's your part in it? Because I'm not a therapist. This Mm -hmm. isn't couples therapy, Mm -hmm. but I will suggest that as a sponsor, I will say, perhaps you need marriage counseling. Perhaps that would be a good investment for you and your partner is to go and invest with somebody who actually does have a degree. I don't have a degree. Just like I have no place telling somebody that um, they can't take drugs, mm-hmm. uh, medication that a doctor has prescribed. That's another topic too. We should write that one down. We may talk about it today. I think there's a difference between um, you know antipsychotic medication yep. um, and sleeping pills kind of thing you know like so maybe we can talk about that I think that's another podcast but okay so yes group therapy I think should be reserved for group therapy um, in the movies I think it's portrayed a little bit like that people getting, oh for sure yeah huggy huggy let's hold hands and talk about our feelings so and I think where they get that concept is rehab because rehab mm. 12 step meeting is controlled and run by a therapist that's true a group counselor so that's their job but when you go to an aa meeting we're all the same we are all alcoholics sitting in a room sharing uh, supposedly uh about alcoholism yeah there isn't a the group counselor running the meeting which is why i love when new people come along and they're like who's in charge here and you (laughs) laugh and you're like well, no one. What are you looking for specifically? Yeah. It's usually someone that needs some kind of document signed because they're on parole or something yeah. like that. They're court ordered. But they look at you like, what do you, well, like who's in charge? And yeah. you're like, well, no one. <laughs> <laughs> I point up. <laughs> the good Lord who looks after us all. <laughs> it's the divine intervener. intervener. He is in charge. I had a woman, I had a fight with a cashier in my drinking years. Mm where she was not happy that I was on my phone as she was, like, checking me out. I mean, like, checking my, you know what I mean. <laughs> and so she's checking me out, and there was no price on something. And she's like, well, how? she's not happy, a person. Well, what's the price on this? And I'm like, I don't know. Call somebody that works here. Yeah. 
and she was she started to be really rude and horrible and I said who's your boss and she went she pointed up to the sky and she's like I don't have a boss but the mighty lord in heaven and I started yelling across at other cashiers I'm like get your manager on the phone it was a disaster (laughs) not my finest moments it's awesome though but I was like how dare she yeah the two of us. The two of us. Um, how would you handle that situation today? How much is that? No. Yeah. How would you handle that situation when she was like freaking out and getting mad and like, what's the price on this? I probably. Well, I would never would... let it. I wouldn't even let it escalate to the point where I lost my temper. I'd probably say, you know what, put it aside and I'll go check it later. Yeah. Or I don't need that. Or just give me a minute. Yeah. Like I would never be like, I don't work here. Call somebody that, you know, I might be like that in my head. <laughs> But I don't react that way anymore. Not that I don't. I would say, I would say. But it's rare. I don't know. Can you call someone to find out? And if she said no, I would say, okay, then I don't need it. Put it aside. Yeah. Yeah. But I would have done the same thing years ago. (laughs) That's your fucking job. Yeah. And then of course, I worked in retail and I know how shitty it is when you're having a shitty day and every single person shits on you through the line. I know. It sucks. It's really hard. Yeah. So. All right. I, I totally forgot what we were talking about. Group therapy. Group therapy. You didn't say your piece on group therapy in meetings because I think we have differing opinions on yes. this. Yes. So, so I think it's very difficult because the whole point of our alcoholism is causes and conditions. A huge cause and condition is mental health. Mm-hmm. What I agree with is that this is not a forum to discuss how much you hate your mother-in-law. It's not a forum for you to talk about... Um, just a mental health issue like anxiety and depression unless there's the tie-in like identifying so for example I went on meds uh, finally (laughs) in December after much encouragement from friends and my therapist for anxiety Mm -hmm. and I will I have not shared that in a meeting yet but I will and but it will be discussed in the context of recovery and what that means for me So if you're going to go to a meeting of AA, you're going to have to make the identification that you're an alcoholic or a drug addict or whatever that suffers with anxiety and depression. But I know there's also a whole school of thought that does not believe that anybody should be taking any meds because if you're really in the solution, then you don't need to do that, which to me is just as bad as someone saying, I'm a Christian and I don't need any medical intervention because if I pray enough, God will make it happen. Right. So I think it's a slippery slope, but I think, you know, for people that don't know, you just keep coming around a bit and start looking at how people share or you talk to a sponsor or whatever if you're not sure about um, if it's an appropriate topic. Yeah. Because if we're not focused on this, we already know what the problem is and we've been living in the problem forever. So if there's not a little bit of solution, but then I also know that some people, that's the only forum that they can share. And I've had people in meetings be desperate and do a completely out of bounds share and then they join the group and then they get sober and then they get it mm-hmm. so i think it's really difficult to sort of be the the master of what's appropriate and yeah. what's not and that's why chairing a meeting is hard mm-hmm. because you kind of it is your job in a way to kind of steer the meeting um and your your job also is to keep it on time so uh, i think i've only ever cut someone off once and it was after seven minutes and I was just like, wow, you know, we have 28 people Land here. the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love so, that expression. But it was so hard. Much. It was very hard to do because I, again, about, it's about be, me. Oh, I just discovered I was codependent. <laughs> Julie laughed at me. 
Well, some of the situations you were like, you know, this kind of a situation is me. And I'm like, no shit. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think, oh, um, that artist, that um, author that you mentioned, Lamont, what's her name? Anne Lamont. Anne Lamont. So my sister sent me that thing and I watched it. Yeah, it was great. And then I was watching these other things. And she says in her little talk there of the 12 things she knows for sure um, about helping Helping someone else with a problem is a sunny way of saying you're controlling the situation. Or yeah. how can you help someone solve their problem yeah. with, with your solution, right? It's their problem. It, yeah. So I was like, oh, oh, wow. I didn't know that was codependent. And it is because I am trying to take care of you. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, my feeling good is dependent on... Mm-hmm. That's Whether codependency. I can help you feel good. I'm not okay unless you're okay. Right. It's hard. And it is. So that was a good, I know, just totally blindsided by that mm-hmm. <laughs> for my entire life. My aha moment is diving into spiritual formation and realizing that your heart is not your feelings. I don't, this was a, a major awakening for me because yeah. I'm always like, oh, follow your heart. What I realize now is what I'm having a reaction to is following your feelings. And in terms of spiritual formation, the heart is where wisdom sits and where the mind and the feelings come together. Yeah. So I think we've both had like aha moments. What are we like two weeks? Not even one week into the new year. We're both like, what the fuck? We're having spiritual (laughs) awakenings all over the place. Yes. And I hope they continue and I want to continue to work on them. So yeah, I I think we're sort of on the same page really for the group therapy. Like AA is not group therapy. No, it's not. Um, And I think there's a difference between somebody who continually hijacks the meeting with the same stories over and over again. Mm -hmm. And perhaps it's stronger for me because I look back on my recovery and I think, wow, you know, when I first came in, um, that was me. That's what I did. I didn't talk about solution because I wasn't talking to these my sponsor about these things. So I had no fucking solution. So basically, I just came in and I complained mm-hmm. about everything. And everyone sat there and listened politely to me. I know. God bless them. Yeah. So I guess my living amends now is... Um, when I'm in those rooms, I try to talk about the solution. I share about alcoholism or I share about if I'm struggling with something because of alcoholism, how did I get through that? And maybe I'm not through it, but Mm -hmm. so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home and I'm going to write out my 10th step and I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask for help and I'm going to sleep on it. Yeah. Those kinds of things. And that might lead us into our next topic. Okay. Wait, I just want to say this one more thing. Okay. Um, I think there's a big difference between sharing where you are are in a raw, vulnerable way, which no one hates, and being a victim. Yeah. If you're going to go on and on Good and point. be a gossip or a victim or a prosecutor, don't open your mouth. But if you're going to share where you are honestly in a group of people that are like you, go for it. Amen. Yes. Good share. All right. So that's it for this one and join us on the next podcast. I totally forgot what the next topic is, but that's okay. We'll go back and listen to it and I'll figure it out. Okay. And we will talk to you soon. Stay sober, our beautiful, beloved warrior tribe. And email us if you have a topic at the number two soberchicks at gmail.com or visit us on Instagram or Twitter and you can message Julie directly. Mm -hmm. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. And this has been Two Sober Chicks. Mm